0: Welcome to True Crime with Tab, a podcast focused on all things true crime, from murder to missing persons and everything in between. If you're here, you must be interested in either true crime or me, maybe both. Either way, I'm happy to have you. This podcast focuses on some very difficult cases and topics overall. I mean, no harm to anyone that I talk about or any situations discussed. Everything that I talk about is based on information that I have found by doing research online and also my own opinions, unless stated otherwise. Thanks for being here. Now let's talk true crime. What's up, guys? New mic, new intro, new me. Just kidding. Same me. Welcome back to True Crime with Tab, or if you're new here, hi, welcome. So happy to have you. I'm your host, Tabitha, and today, I have a very frustrating, um, very confusing, really, I guess you could say, case to talk to you guys about. Today we will be going over the death of Maitrice Richardson. So Maitrice was an African American female. She was born on April 30th of 1985 to her parents Latice Sutton and Michael Richardson in Los Angeles, California. Maitrice was mainly brought up by her mom Latice and her stepdad Larry in a place called Covina, which is still in the state of California. So I feel like I have looked at a million pictures of Maitrice by now. And she looked a lot like her mom. They are both strikingly beautiful. When my was younger, she was in cheerleading, she was in dance. And I think that she was actually in different competitions for both of these activities. And it sounds like she was extremely talented. And back to the beauty thing. She was even in beauty pageants. Like what can this girl not do? It sounds like all the things that I wanted to do when I was a little girl. Mitrice was also described as bright, loving. She was smart and also super inquisitive. She really thought very deeply about everything in life. She never really took anything at face value, which I think is actually a really good quality in a person. You know, she's always thinking. She's wanting to know more. She's always asking questions. Overall, to me, it sounds like she was this nice young girl. She had a bright future. She had a good head on her shoulders. She was caring. She was kind. She really just sounds like the type of person that I would want to be friends with. After graduating from South Hills High School in West Covina, she attended college at Cal State University Fullerton in Los Angeles. She went on to graduate with a bachelor's of arts degree in psychology with a 4.0 GPA, and she actually planned on going to graduate school and getting her doctorate degree. So really, my is just brains and beauty all wrapped in one. Mitrice has all these goals and really has already accomplished a lot at her age. You know, things that were part of her long-term life goals, her life plan. And she also was a dancer, like a go-go dancer. And I don't want any of you judging her or saying anything negative. You know, this was an incredible human being. This was someone's daughter, someone's friend. She was loved. She was important. And I know a lot of people will hear dancer or anything even closely related, and they will immediately have negative thoughts. So I am asking you, don't be that person. Telling you, don't be that person. Maitrese was a very determined, goal-oriented woman who also loved to have fun. She loved to have a good time, which I think is great and really just shows that she had a good balance in her life. She was also openly and proudly a lesbian, which I mainly bring up because at the time of this case, she had been dating her girlfriend, Tessa, for around two years. And when I was doing research, I came across photos of the two of them together. They both just looked so happy together. And after what happened, Tessa really rallied to figure out what happened to her girlfriend. And it's extremely sad to know the outcome. Tessa described Maitrese as very open. She was very accepting of other people. And she was also the type of person that people naturally gravitated towards. After graduating from Cal State, Maitrese moved in with her great-grandmother, whose name is Mildred. And Mildred was pretty up there in age. I think that she was in her 90s and had been living alone before this. So it was a really great option for Maitrese to kind of move in Kind of help Mildred out, make sure that she was safe and taken care of because when people are that old, it definitely can become concerning. Um, They lose the ability most times to properly care for themselves. So now we're going to go ahead and jump to the night of September sixteenth of two thousand and nine, and at this time, Matrice is twenty four years old. So Matrice left her and Mildred's home that day around five p.m. She drove to Malibu and went to a pretty fancy, expensive upscale, I guess you could say, restaurant called Joffrey's. It had a valet, so that's the type of spot that this was. And in fact, they only did valet. So some places you can choose like valet or park your own car, but this was valet only. My pulls up and she's told to wait because there is a vehicle in front of hers that needs to be parked. And then the valet guy will come back and grab her car. He goes, parks the other car, comes back. And apparently, allegedly, my was found sitting in his vehicle, like the valet driver's personal vehicle. Super strange. You know, this guy's like, what are we doing? Hello? And apparently, when she responded, she literally made no sense at all. And this is a major red flag to me. I think that if I was him, I would assume that she was drunk or on something. I would probably turn her away or maybe get my boss or my manager to handle the situation. But the valet guy sends her into the restaurant on her merry way, and she gets a table. When she sits down, she orders a cocktail and a steak, my kind of meal. And remember, she is alone in this restaurant. So she's in here sitting by herself at a table and she sees a group of people. I don't know what it is about this specific group, but she gets up, takes her chair and just goes and sits with them uninvited. They're kind of like, okay, you know, this is a bougie ass restaurant, which I think makes it even more strange. I've definitely seen people do this at bars and stuff like that, but I don't know. The group is a little thrown off, but they're actually enjoying her conversation for the most part. Everything is going pretty well until apparently Maitresse starts saying some really off-the-wall things like that she is from Mars. And from what I gather, she began making no sense really, and it seems like it was the same situation that she was having with the valet guy. Her behavior is really just described as bizarre. So obviously her behavior is a little alarming and I think at this point it is important to mention that earlier my had been sending weird texts to family members and was saying stuff like she wanted to be mother nature when she grew up. So at some point the group that she had been sitting with finishes up they pay their bill and they leave my is still there afterwards but she does get up to leave shortly after they did and she's trying to just walk out. The manager stops her and is like, hey, you didn't pay for your meal. And she tells them the group of people that she had been with had paid for it, but they had not. And they didn't even know her. The manager tells her this and they can kind of tell that something's up with her. They probably think that she's drunk or she's on something or she's just being foolish. But they're asking her, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay for this? And she really isn't giving an answer. So then they go on to ask if they can call someone who will help her, you know, someone who can pay the bill for her because you can't just come in here, eat an expensive steak and have a cocktail and then dip out. Well, she goes on to give them Mildred's number who actually does try to pay for it, but then the manager is telling her that she has to physically come in and sign for it and that she can't pay for it over the phone, which I think is just dumb. You know, if it's being paid for, my trees can easily just scribble a signature or whatever else you need and move on but they're like nope sorry not gonna work well 90 something year old mildred can't just drive up to this restaurant which is a, a good ways away from her like she physically can't and it's also around 10 p.m at this point it got to the point where other people in the restaurant noticed the commotion they noticed what was going on and they really just wanted to help so they're all offering to pay for Mytrice's meal. But by now, the manager is concerned about Maitrese's state, about her behavior, probably fearing um, for her to drive with the way that she was acting. Again, they probably think she's intoxicated. So they go on to call the police, which I really wish that Maitrese would have called one of her parents instead of Mildred or something. Like, this entire situation could have turned out completely differently But Mildred does actually reach out to Mitrice's mom, which I will get into in a little bit. I listened to the 911 call from the restaurant to the police and a woman who works at the restaurant, I'm not sure if this was the manager or just a worker there or what, but she says like there's a guest here, they're not paying, they sound crazy, and also says that she thinks the guest, aka Mitrice, is on drugs. So police come out there. Mitrice is still acting strangely. The police go ahead and give her a sobriety test. And they actually determine, based off of it that she is sober. Weird. But now that they have determined this, the cops are like, okay, we have to figure the bill situation out. Like, do you have any way to pay for it? And she tells them that her wallet might be in her car. Why she had a wallet and didn't take it in the restaurant, I don't know. So the police go to her car. They say they can't find the wallet, but they do find some weed. And they decide to arrest her. Her car is towed, and she is taken to the police station. And remember, Mildred had called Mitrice's mom, Latice, about what was going on. And Latice is like, what the hell? Like, you know, if you were hearing this story, you'd probably be wondering why Mitrice didn't call you to begin with. Why this was even an issue, she's probably thinking, Mytreece is a little hammered. She had a little too much to drink. Like, that would definitely be my first thought. So Latisse calls Joffrey's, the restaurant, trying to figure out what's going on. They tell her that Mytreece was arrested, and she's just trying to remain calm at this point. She's pretty far away. It's the middle of the night almost. And from what I understand, she also had a younger child at home with her, So it wasn't really an option or something that was convenient for her to just get up, walk out, and drive out to Joffrey's or the police station. I also think she was probably thinking that, you know, the police have her. She's safe. She's going to be at the station. She'll sober up overnight. And then I can go grab her in the morning. If only Latisse knew what was to come. And it's so sad because these small decisions that we make can change everything. Obviously, this doesn't, you know, say anything about it being Latisse's fault or anything like that. Like, I wouldn't have gone out there either. But to know what we know now, I know that Latisse would get up in a heartbeat. She would make arrangements. She would, you know, go out there wherever, whatever time to find my trees and to bring her home. There's no way to... Predict what what would come. Latisse ends up calling the police station just to check on my trees, figure out exactly when she would be released, and she's reassured that she's gonna remain in custody overnight. She'll be out in the morning, and it's almost chilling, really, to listen to Latisse's call to the police. She is expressing her concern. She says, "quote It's dark. She doesn't have a car." and I don't want her wandering out." And she says that this entire thing, this entire night, everything that she has been told is just very out of character for her daughter. She also says that she will come get her. Like, if you guys are planning on releasing her, I'm going to figure it out. I'll be there. Another awful, awful thing that, oh my god, it just gave me chills is when Latisse is expressing her concern about them possibly letting her out that night, literally, in the middle of the night, is that she would hate to wake up to a morning report about her daughter being lost outdoors and then found with her head chopped off. She kind of laughs it off. You know, she doesn't actually think that that's going to happen. She doesn't think anything like that's going to happen. She's just trying to make light of what's going on and really get across her point. Like, don't let my daughter out without a car. She has nowhere to go. She doesn't know anybody out there. It's the middle of the night. Obviously, anything could happen. But again, they are telling her that it's fine. My trees is fine and she's going to be there. It is just wild. So guess what? Latisse wakes up the next morning. And calls the police station again, trying to figure out why she hasn't had any contact from her daughter. You get a phone call when you're arrested, don't you? She's told that the police released her daughter, released Maitrese at 1230. 1230. Literally, not that long after she got arrested. But it has been hours and hours now. So, she's furious. They made her think that Mitrice would remain in custody until the morning and she even expressed this fear. This fear of this exact thing happening. She hasn't heard from Mitrice. Nobody's heard from her. No one knows where she is. Mitrice was released from police custody in the middle of the night. No car, no phone, no wallet. It's dark. She isn't anywhere near home. She isn't even anywhere near anyone that she knows. It's crazy. And the police's explanation is that Mitrice was sober. They had no reason to keep her. Okay, well, why did you even bother arresting her to begin with? Because if you were concerned about her strange behavior, I would think that you would maybe take her to a hospital or somewhere where she could be checked out by a doctor. Was she having like a mental breakdown? You know, all these people in the restaurant are telling you something's off here, okay? You're saying that she's sober, but that doesn't change that she was showing these weird behaviors. You took her in because of a small amount of weed and then literally, literally, almost immediately, you release her. You should have just left her at her damn car at the restaurant. Like, what the hell? And then they couldn't drive her back to the restaurant. They couldn't drive her to the tow lot where her car was. Nothing? Nothing. I don't understand. Not to mention that this police station isn't really in an area with a lot of traffic. You know, it's kind of in the middle of nothing. I guess police did tell Mytris that she could stay but she insisted on leaving and I just don't know where she thought she was going to go. There's so much confusion in this part for me. Like where did she think that she could get from the station on foot? So basically now my is missing and Latice is calling. She is frustrated. She's trying to file a missing persons report and The police tell her to wait 24 hours. Insane. Insane, insane, insane. So frustrating. Like, she isn't from this area. She doesn't have a car. She doesn't have her phone. She doesn't know anybody out here. We need to find her. Later that morning, the police receive a call from someone in the area, a rancher. And I guess that's mainly what is out there to begin with, a bunch of, like, ranches. And he says that there's a woman she's walking around his yard. He asked for someone to come check on her. He's not really worried about her. He doesn't think that he's in any danger, but he wants to know why there is a woman wandering around his yard. And I guess at some point he says that she was sprawled out on his steps and he, you know, yelled out to her like are you okay? And my tree said that she was just resting. Police do go out to the ranch and she's already gone by then and they find nothing. I don't think that they really searched. I think that they just looked around a little bit and decided, okay, well we don't see her so we can just leave. Later on that night, so the night after the restaurant and the police incident, Latisse is over it and she drives to the police station and she's like, look, my daughter is missing. You guys let her go on her own to wander off into the darkness and you need to do something about it. And this is when Latisse finds out about this rancher situation and this had occurred hours and hours before and she wasn't told. This rancher said that this woman on his property matched the description of Mitrice. So why didn't they put in an actual effort into finding her? Why didn't they search until they found her? Latisse asks them if there's any camera footage at the station. You know, she wants to see how her daughter's acting. She's been told all these things about her behaviors and she wants to see it for herself. She probably also wants to see what went on in the station, what went on outside the station when Matrice was there and then let out. But police tell her that they have no footage that their cameras don't even record. They just show police what's occurring in real time, so it's more of like a monitoring situation. Latisse is understandably upset. I mean, livid, really. And she decides to go out and search for herself. And she is driving the route from the station to this ranch to see if she can find any sign of her daughter. And when she's doing this, she's really taking in the terrain around her. She sees how hilly it is. Um, it's like foresty. And there are cliffs, like straight up drop-offs. So how could my just be out here walking around, especially in the dark? It's terrifying. And she finds nothing. Nobody knows where my is. Nobody knows what happened to her. A few days later, the police and search dogs do go out to the ranch where my treats had been seen, and the dogs pick up on her scent. So this verifies that it was her who had been out there, but they cannot find her. They search her car at the tow lot, and guess what they find? Her fucking wallet. Her wallet. They find her wallet. They also find her cell phone and a journal. So I'm livid, first of all, that her wallet was literally there the whole time. Like this all could have been avoided numerous times by now. How they found weed, but not her wallet, I don't understand. And she had money. Like she had money. She could have easily paid for her meal. I just don't get it. It's also important to note that the journal they found was full of like a bunch of random ass writings. Like it kind of sounds to me like it was very similar to the way that she had been speaking and it just didn't make a lot of sense. But this really makes it sound like Matrice had been acting strange for at least a few days. And a psychologist looked through the journal. They took into account how Matrice was acting, the things that she was saying. And apparently they came to the conclusion that this whole thing sounded like a bipolar episode. But Matrice had never been diagnosed with bipolar or any mental illness. Um, she had never shown any signs at all before the situation had occurred. Mitrice's family. At this point, is so beyond frustrated for obvious reasons, and they go on to hire a lawyer who holds a press conference, and the lawyer really goes in on the police, not only for their handling of Matrice in regards to arresting her, um, taking her away from her vehicle, and then releasing her in an unfamiliar area at midnight, but also the handling of her case and not putting in more effort to find her or even acknowledge the mistakes or negligence by the police. He also goes on to say that if Mytris had been a white woman, the police would have kept her, they would have protected her, and they wouldn't have released her out into the dark like that. And they find out that the police had lied to Latisse and that the police station did have footage. They had footage of Mytris in the station that night, and I just... I don't know why they would lie about that. I don't know what the problem was. And there are clips of this footage online, and there really isn't anything sketchy. Um, there is a point where they see a police officer leaving the station a little bit after Matrice had left, but it was proven that, you know, he didn't have time to do anything to her and that he had done no wrongdoing he was just doing his job and he was leaving the station so months have passed by and no one knows where my is what could have happened to her and a large search is organized to come through the area where she was last seen i think that it was 18 square miles and they find nothing There were a lot of alleged sightings of Mitrice in Las Vegas, one even by her biological dad, Michael. But by the time he got out of his car and ran over to this person that he thought was Mitrice, she was gone. So this really led um, people to think that she had been kidnapped, she had been sex trafficked, or that she was working as a prostitute in Vegas. But Latisse was very steadfast in the fact that she could feel that my trees had passed away. Mother's intuition. You know, you'll hear a lot of parents, usually moms, say things like this in cases where their children go missing. They can just feel it. Later on, Latisse goes on to national TV to talk about Mytreece's disappearance, and she wants to tell Mytreece's story. She wants her face and her name to be out there. She also wants to discuss what happened and how uncharacteristic the entire night was for her daughter. She wants to talk about how negligent the officers were after Mytreece's arrest and her release, and she even files a lawsuit against the police for numerous reasons regarding Mytreece's disappearance. But after an investigation, it is determined that the officers did nothing wrong. They were not responsible for what was taking place. You know, this is a devastated mom with zero answers. None. And I've said this before. The unknown is so heavy. It is so difficult to live with. But on August 9th of 2010, so almost a year after Maitrese went missing, There are some state rangers who are hiking around the area that she had gone missing. I think it was a few miles away and they were hiking down a really dangerous canyon. Um, Apparently someone was growing marijuana or something like that and they needed to go check it out and they ended up stumbling upon a human skull. Police come out, they recover bones and they also recover clothing which was not on the body. It was kind of scattered a bit away from it and Latisse is made aware of this discovery, but it is not by the police. It is actually by a journalist. Obviously, Latisse is like, okay, well, two plus two is usually four, but the police do not allow Latisse to even view the clothing. Um, You know, clothes, just clothes. She knew what her daughter had been wearing when she disappeared, and I really don't Understand um, the harm in allowing her to view these articles of clothing, but I digress. So it does come out that the remains that had been discovered were, in fact, Maitrece's, and that she had been there most likely the entire time that she had been missing. The main theory that I have seen is that Maitrece was having a mental health crisis or a bipolar episode, and when she left the police station, she wandered off. She felt tired when she got to the ranch and was seen. She gets up again. She continued to wander around, and she ended up where she was later found. Whether she fell, slipped, um, lost her life due to the elements, whether it was dehydration, starvation, something along those lines. People do bring up the fact that her clothes were removed from her body, but It's really hard to understand what was happening, what Maitrese was thinking or feeling, what she was going through. Many people find it hard to believe that she would remove her clothing, but if she was having a bipolar episode, there is truly no telling. There's no way to know how this would affect her, what it would make her think or feel, what she would see. Like, was she hallucinating? We don't know. It was later determined that there was no foul play. There were no signs of injury to any of her bones that could definitely say that this was a homicide. So the death was ruled to be undetermined. Many people were also very thrown off because the clothing that was found, which belonged to Mitrice, was never tested, like for DNA or anything. A lot of people didn't think and couldn't believe that Mitrice had done this to herself or that she had ended up where she was on her own. Latisse went on to file more lawsuits against the police and actually won in 2011. There are so many differing opinions on this case and I'm really interested to know your thoughts, um, what you think happened. It is still technically a mystery because We don't know exactly what happened to her, and the case, from what I could find, is still open. Either way, a young woman who was loved and needed is dead, and a family is devastated, and it's awful and really just sad. I appreciate you all for being here, um, for listening to my Teresa's story today. If you're enjoying this content, please rate, review, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff over to my Instagram. It's just true crime with tab. And let me know what you guys think about this case. I'll see y'all Wednesday for the next episode. Bye.